So you want to do better on your discovery calls. You want to book more dreamy clients and work with the best of the best. Well, you need to become a better listener. Today's episode is going to pull out key actionable insights that you can use in your average everyday negotiations and on that sales call. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, hey, happy new year. Welcome back to the show. First of all, thank you. I've been getting some very nice comments, some DMs, great feedback on our listener survey for the year. And thank you so much. I really appreciate your love on the podcast. If you could do me a favor, leave a review. I'm trying so hard to get to 100. I really appreciate your help and your insight and hearing from you what guests and what content you want. We have an exciting lineup this year. We have a new series coming in just two months, but for now, I wanted to share a book I read and relate it to our service-based businesses and how we can get better. You know me. I am a big book nerd. I've always been reading. I'm a journalism major, and I love sharing what I learn. I used to do these little book reports inside our work group, which is my membership for freelancers, especially when you can just glean a golden nugget and apply it to your business and run with it. To me, that's the big win, and so I can speed that process up for you. But first, if you're new to the podcast, I just want to say, hey, girl, hey, I'm Emily Reagan, mom of four, a military spouse with a chaotic resume who finally found my footing in this online world working as a freelance marketing assistant. I love sharing how I built a six-figure business, how I've worked with clients, how I've built a name, become booked out, and become exceptional at my services. And so I teach how to do the marketing services in my signature program, the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. Side note, we have a self-study that's available right now. If you want to get going in the new year with marketing services, go check that out in the show notes. And I also have a membership with established freelancers who have done some of the client work, who are confident in their ability to do some of the services, who have some of their key marketing assets and business set up, but are ready to get to the next level, that freelancer holy land when we are living a better balanced life, charging higher working with dreamy clients, you know, all of that like digital dream that we're sold. Yes, that one is actually attainable. And sometimes we need friends and help and boundaries and insight to what others are doing so we can do it too. And this is my $47 a month membership. We're actually going to open the doors a little bit later this year in April. So if you want to get your application in, it will be what I call a lazy launch and you need to be on my email list, put your application in, and then you will not miss it. So I'm really proud of this work group. We have so many all-star trainings lined up this year, starting with Emma Beauchart, who's on the podcast doing brand messaging. We have Tracy Patterson teaching about work with me pages. I have a whole AI training coming. I have Safira Rajan teaching sales pages. Sarah Williams from Launch Your Box is going to help us with insight to subscription services. My friend Wendy Batten is going to help us with our brick and mortar clients. It really is this library where you can come in and pick and choose what you need for your business. It's not a course. It's a support group. (laughs) 
because the struggle is real as a freelancer. Okay, I know I'm plugging my stuff, but I just wanted to give you the high level to what I have going on. And honestly, I wanted to tell you about this other thing I discovered. It's called Magic Mine, and it's a productivity shot. I get so stinking tired at one o'clock. It's not quite food coma. I don't always eat the best lunch, but this replaces my coffee and allows me to drink less coffee because I don't need extra caffeine in my body. I started taking Magic Mind in the afternoon and I have noticed clarity. I have noticed focus. My energy levels can go through the afternoon and I don't feel like doing sloppy work. My energy level pushes through five o'clock and you know the witching hour when you have children, when they're home from school, you need to do dinner. And when you turn off your brain from work and you're just done, that that's the time I need it. But I know everyone's different and you might need something like this in the morning. These are green shots. I love them. They taste good. They make me feel good. And they're organic and have really good ingredients. And I'm not going to pretend to be a nutritionist. So if you are interested, try it. Look at the label, look at the ingredients, and you can see why they combine to give you energy. No more being a coffee addict, okay? You can get 20% off your first purchase or up to about 56% off your first subscription if you use the link in my show notes. That's magicmind.com slash Jan, J-A-N, Unicorns Unite, J-A-N, Unicorns Unite, and use the code UNICORNS20. This will give you the extra 20% off. I know you care about your clients. I know you care about turning in good work. I know you're doing a lot. (laughs) You're a freelancer running your own business, balancing client work. Try this. It'll help. This little shot will help you. All right. Today, we're talking about another way to improve your business through getting better at discovery calls. And I recently read the book or actually listened to it, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And I actually started it a couple years ago and then fizzled out. (laughs) which is embarrassing to say, but I have been on a little bit of an audiobook kick and it felt like something I needed right now. Here's the thing. Chris Voss was a former international FBI hostage negotiator. (laughs) So he knows what he's talking about when you are talking sales in business. Is this a book you need to read right now as a new service provider? No. As an established service provider? No. But will it help you Yes. And so I thought I could just give you a very quick summary of some of these tips. And I think some of these are going to be like, oh, I'm doing these well. But if you could just implement one of them, practice listening better, you will do better in your discovery calls. And for those of you who are new, you cannot hide behind your computer and book calls. You need to get on a Zoom, a video conference, meet your client, and decide if you're the best fit. If the services they need help with, are the things you can do, and if the communication style, the personalities of all of that gel. There's lots of trainings out there, but really, you will book more clients if you can truly listen to their pain points and make your services their best solution. And in order to do that, we need to walk through this process. And there's just a couple things that stood out in this book that I want you to know. And so you can show up on video because we're so nervous. We're thinking about ourselves. We're feeling very self-conscious. We don't like looking at ourselves. We're trying to look at the camera and make eye contact and remember and be smart. But here's the thing. A discovery call is not about giving strategy. It's about coming to terms on if we're a good fit. 
And so this book is so appropriate when it comes to negotiation. Now, there's a lot of sales coaches you can follow. I'm sure there's a lot of other podcasts you can follow. But here's a good reframe for you. You actually want to get people to say no. And there's many sales books based on this. But getting people to say no is a step in the right direction. It gets them to feel safe when they can not feel like they're being sold to. But it also shows you this is the point that we start a conversation and have a negotiation. So I just want you to remember that no can be a good word. So our whole job in a discovery call is to make people feel understood, accepted, safe and secure, and in control. But at the same time, we don't need it to end up being this interview process. Our job is to be listening about 80% of the time, demonstrating empathy and showing a desire to understand their point of view. I think the mistake a lot of virtual assistants make is going in there and yakking about themselves, overselling themselves, which actually undermines their credibility and the confidence we have in that person. Because the facts are, confident people don't get wordy. Confident people pause. Confident people talk less. So your goal going into the discovery call is to prepare so that you can reveal things about their business and understand better. You want to uncover what your client actually needs and what is important to them and make them feel safe to talk. Your sole focus is on that other person and what they have to say. So tone, body language, all of that is important. And Chris Voss talks about that. He talks about three different types of voices and tones people have. And he calls one the late night FM DJ. This calm, self-assured, reasonable, slow, in control person. And you can see why you need that as a hostage negotiator. But you end on downward inflections. If you end on upward inflections, then it doesn't sound like you're confident. It sounds like you're questioning yourself. I'm a virtual assistant versus I'm a virtual assistant. I'm a credible, established professional who has done this work multiple times. I've done this work multiple times. See, it doesn't sound good. The second voice is a playful, positive voice. This is key. This is key to becoming a collaborator, getting people to not resist you. And then there's an assertive voice, which we don't actually want to do. We want to play in the positive and playful, the default voice, easygoing, good-natured, relax, and remember to smile. So your big first key point from this book is this process called mirroring. I'm not going to get into the science. We know it. As humans, we tend to repeat and parrot what we see. One time I had this British coach come into my soccer team as a guest coach. And by the end of practice, I was saying water instead of water. (laughs) Time for water. No, no. I mean, I couldn't help it. I wasn't making fun of him. I just immediately started copying. And so we use mirroring to our advantage in a discovery call. And what he said to do, which is key right now, is repeat the last or the most critical words of what someone else has just said. You're mirroring it back to them. And this is just affirming this human dynamic we have where we just facilitate this bond and we copy each other. This helps connect. It says, trust me, we're alike. You can trust me. I'm a trust fun baby. People recognize it. They verbalize with it. They can predict it. And it validates their emotions. Now, mirroring is easy. 
but you have to listen. If you're in a discovery call all hot and bothered about yourself and worried about what you're going to say, you're going to fail. So think about how can I repeat what they just said? Now, he has another process that he talks about called labeling, where you validate someone's emotion by acknowledging it. It really gets them to put their guard down. It's a shortcut to intimacy. It's a shortcut to someone revealing what's truly, truly at their deepest desire or what's going wrong. So when you say a label, it would start with this. It seems like you're having trouble with your current virtual assistant. It sounds like your current lead generation activities are not working. It looks like your business might not be organized and it's slowing you down. That's mirroring. And then you pause to let it sink in and the other person will fill the silence. Your prospect will fill the silence. And so this helps in this back and forth parroting that we do. Does that make sense? This is really good because it's also showing you understand. You have to train yourself to hear this. Now, there was another good tip that he shared called an accusation audit. And I just have to acknowledge this. If you're working with clients and you F up and you mess up, or if there's something that's not to your best selling point, a PR tactic is to get in front of it and call yourself out and own it. Call it out and you will establish trust right away. So when you mess up, you own it. You don't continue to lie about it, right? So if you start with the bad things about you and then you end with something really good, they will trust you. You can use this to your advantage in a discovery call if you're newer and you can change the perception of you there. It just takes the sting out and you own it and then you flip it for your own good. So yeah, I'm building this whole second business where I am a digital course creator and it kind of appears like I'm an influencer who just wants to be famous. And true, I don't have a lot of free time in my business, but I do have every Friday open that I reserve for client work where it will be completely completely dedicated to your business because I do like to turn my brain off and my own. How does that sound? Now you can kind of see what I did. I called out the weaknesses and the objections that they might already be thinking and called myself out on that. You can do this when you mess up with your current clients too, because we're all going to be there. It's so much better to mess up, own it, and don't have excuses and show how you're going to fix it. That is going to invoke confidence. Now, I talked about no really starting the negotiation, but I know so many of us get stuck in this fear of rejection, right? It hurts. It hurts. But we have to train ourselves that no isn't necessarily bad and it's not a personal reflection on us. I think this book really hammered that home because when you're thinking about it, you want people to not say yes to you all the time. Like you need this mutual understanding at the beginning of a conversation, not at the end. You don't want to work through an entire conversation and then have somebody say no. So if somebody says no, you need to think of the alternative, what it actually could mean. Sometimes it's, I don't think I can afford you. I think I might need another job title. I might need another position. I want to talk to someone else. Like no doesn't always mean you. So then what you need to do is ask solution-based questions and label them. What about this doesn't work for you? What do you need to make it work? It seems like there's something bothering you. And get people to explain it. Explain it. Oftentimes, no just means wait 
It means I'm not comfortable yet. That's not the end of a negotiation. It can be the beginning. Okay, here's a big one that hammered home with me. Have you ever had a client who it looked like they were agreeing with you, they were on board, and then you were surprised when later they came back to you and they completely did a 180 and changed their mind on everything? That's because you were getting these placating yeses. And I think we've all been in relationships where you can tell someone's just trying to pacify you, right? And so he explained the difference between yeses that have buy-in and yeses that are people deferring so they can say no later. And that's critical for you because if you pick up on somebody who's just kind of blowing you off with a fake yes, you don't need to get your hopes up. And so one of those fake yeses is a you're right. That means somebody is like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. But that doesn't mean they're going to go create change. So if you're in a client meeting and you hear that, little bit of a flag. There's something to discuss. But when people say, that's right, they actually truly agree. So I thought that was really interesting because then I had a couple conversations in my personal life and I started hearing some, you're right. I'm like, wow, am I just really that controlling? People are trying to shut me up. So pay attention and listen. What are your current clients telling you? What are they saying between their words? I loved that tip. It was so good. Okay. Another one is the word fair. (laughs) This book is funny because he's really good at making people feel uncomfortable. And one of the things he does that I think is just brilliant, he will say, well, how am I supposed to do that? And then just pause. And so if your clients are dumping, all I can think of is your clients are dumping a bunch of projects on you. Like, how am I supposed to do that? And let them answer it, right? (laughs) So this word fair I mean, have you ever had someone say like, oh, that's not fair? It immediately makes you retaliate and want to meet them halfway. It immediately makes you retreat, want to be a people pleaser because you don't want to be that unfair person and change. And people can use the word fair for manipulation. I could see clients doing this in a discovery call. I don't think anyone's actually done it to me. But what's a fair price? You can use fair to your advantage and use that word before they do and really lean into, I don't want to say it's manipulation, but lean into this. F is Chris Voss's favorite word because it's positive, it's constructive, and it sets the stage for an honest negotiation. And so he'll say it at the beginning of a negotiation. Yeah, I'm talking about like business deals. You could do it for your discovery call too. So I want to come up with a service, a proposal, a price, a project that's fair. And like saying that will put somebody on guard because they don't want to be taken as the person who is not fair. But what if somebody asked you and puts you on the spot and says, that doesn't seem fair, you know, and what he says to do is say fair, you just respond with a question and then you pause and you let them answer it. And if you have to, you label it. It feels like you're ready to provide some evidence to support that it's not fair. Let them show why they think that price is fair or not. Let them hand over the information that will contradict their fairness. Let them do the data and the work, right? Declaw their attack is what he says. I think it's genius. Okay, when it comes to negotiation, he says, let the other guy go first. And then what people will do is kind of set a ballpark and you can play off that. The person in the power position says their price first. I don't think I actually agree with this. I think there's a lot of confidence when you say, based on your issues in your business and how I work, this is the best package for you. 
right? But it is good to give a range. I do agree with his idea of giving a range. And whenever you give a range, people will want the low one. So I just want you to remember, this is why we have to pause and really think about our prices. Because if we quote a range and they go with the low one, we kind of hose ourselves. So we do sometimes need to inflate our numbers a little bit because we know buying psychology, pricing psychology, they're going to pick the lower one. Also, when you talk numbers, use exact 10-digit, one-digit numbers. So if anything ends in a zero, people think it's just an estimate, right? You're rounding up. But if you say this copywriting project will be $3,745, people will believe that it's firm and not negotiate as much. And we do this in some of our pricing and marketing, right? We try to leave the sense off. We leave the comma off strategically when we're communicating value and bonuses and revealing prices. Like there's a whole psychology behind numbers. So if you don't want your client negotiating or questioning you, come up with a project price that has a solid one digit number. My rate is $52 an hour. <laughs> try it. I guarantee you try it. Try it. Oh my gosh, there's so many good things in the book. Okay, another thing I want you to walk away with is these calibrated open-ended questions. A calibrated question is strategic for you to introduce an idea and make a request or suggestion without sounding overbearing or pushy. So calibrated questions are the best ones start with what and how. Sometimes why, but not usually. So if you can get people to talk and reveal, it gets the other side to teach you something about themselves. So we do this in discovery calls. You might have a list of questions you want to ask, but I just thought this was so smart the way he said it. What is the biggest challenge you face? What caused this? What about this is important to you? How can I help make this better for us? And some of these, yeah, like that last one, you want to turn around and use it in your team meetings. How would you like me to proceed? What brought us to this situation? How can we solve the problem? What is the objective? What are we trying to accomplish here? How am I supposed to do that? What did you have in mind? It's the art of letting someone else feel like they are in control. I loved those questions because I feel like you need to do those in everyday life and be able to pull them out of your pocket. They buy you time. They help you avoid being emotional and they help you bite your tongue and they help you pause, right? Instead of feeling like you need to over-explain yourself or sell yourself, ask a calibrated question. I would say, especially as a digital service provider in this era, you need to get your clients to admit why other people haven't worked out. Why are they in the situation they need you? What has failed before? Who has failed before? And why they're not in a position to hire an employee? Get them to admit all of that. And then you're set up to swoop in and say, I've got the answer for you. You can become your own rainmaker. <laughs> Okay, so let me just recap some of the things we talked about. We talked about the tone of your voice and smiling while you talk on a discovery call. We talked about mirroring, repeating the last or most critical words of your prospect. We talked about labeling, especially when it comes to emotions. It seems like this isn't working out for you. It seems like you're having issues with your team. It looks like you're not ready to hire a full-time employee. Call yourself out with an accusation audit if there's anything that 
doesn't paint you in a good light. Just own it from the get-go. Different yeses are good yeses and other yeses like you're right are actually placating. Fair, the word fair can be used to your advantage. Establish a range when you're quoting a price. Use specific numbers and ask prospects how and what calibrated questions. Oh, another one. I have to throw this in there. If you say, I'll try, like it drives me crazy when my son's like, well, I'll try. That says I'm going to fail. So can you just please not do that with your clients? Don't say that. Don't say that. I have two more bonus things I want you to steal with current clients. Okay. Get your clients to explain and define their success. How will we know if we're on track? How do we address things if we're off track? Get them to explain it and make sure you're summarizing and understanding so you're on the same page. I thought that was genius. Put that onus back on them. And then the other thing, oh my gosh, I've already used this in my real life with a client who ghosted me. And if you've ever had a client like all hot and bothered, ready to move forward, page you, and then just kind of disappears. This has actually happened to me recently. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit. And here's the thing. I don't chase cats, but I also don't want to take people's money. I don't want to end it bad. Like I don't want them coming back. And I, I really want to move forward. And sometimes we just get the clients who are just slow and they're not giving us the deliverables we need. And it gets really stressful on us because we have that open tab in our brain and we want to close it. We want to make things right. We actually care. So here's the one email you send when someone's ghosting you. One email. Ready? Are you ready for it? Have you given up on this project? Put it back on them. Let them answer. That's it. That's it. And most likely they'll say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me get you that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me get you that copy. Maybe I need to hire someone to help me. But like they will answer back. I just thought that was genius. Okay, I hope you found this episode helpful. Again, the book is called Never Split the Difference by Chris Foss. I'm putting the link below. You'll also find the link to order yourself some magic mind to start off the new year clear and focused inside your digital service business. I don't know, maybe it'll help you get through a round of Candyland. Use it for your life. Also, if you listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to sign up for Sage Polaris's copywriting course. It starts January 17th. You can still catch it if you're signing up a little bit later. It's absolutely free. It will teach you the different buying personalities and help you get better at copy messaging and all of that. So you'll find the link for Sage's class below this podcast. Put your application in for the work group if you like nerding out on marketing and you want to offer exceptional services. If there's a good business book you've read, love to hear about it, especially if you're in the work group. Let's share all those resources, but I'd love to hear from you. I love reading. I'd like to know what you're reading. Take it to the DMs. I don't bite. I'd love to hear from you and have conversations. Walk away from today feeling encouraged that it's actually on the client. It's on the prospect sometimes to solve problems. It's your job to listen and ask the right question. All right, I'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. 
You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Today's episode, today's episode is going to pull out key shit. And is this a book you have to read right now if you're a new service provider, if you're an established service provider? It is an equal power. It's an. There goes my dog. To meet them halfway and it immediately makes you retreat. Copywriting project will be $3,700, $37 and $45, $3,000. (laughs) All the neighbor kids just walked in. I was like, let's not jump on the couch. Let's jump on the floor. And no piano. I'm recording a podcast. And then the little kid's like, oh my God, you have a podcast? So funny. 